Chapter 2 More than two dozen people stood outside the main entrance of the emergency room, smoking and talking on cell phones, and inside, the chairs were full and every registration desk was occupied. I spotted Special Agent Marshall by the information desk and she waved me over. After taking in a deep breath, I crossed the room. I had met this woman only once in person since being assigned to work under her. Dressed in navy slacks, a crisp white blouse, and a navy blazer, she looked every bit the federal agent. She led me over to the only corner in the reception area that wasn't occupied. Special Agent Fairfax, you've been studying OMGs in the Lexington and Louisville areas, is that correct? Yes, ma'am. I've created intelligence files on all OMG activity I could find in the region. Which she would have known had she read any of the material I had sent her. The Lexington Police Narcotics Enforcement Unit, along with two homicide detectives, are working a case this morning that could be OMG-related. They wish to call on you for intelligence analysis, if it leads down the road we all think it will. What road might that be, ma'am? I asked. One that points to OMGs being responsible for a rather large increase in heroin overdoses the past two nights. You think an OMG in Lexington is dealing heroin? My research and experience told me that the OMGs in this area were involved with buying and selling guns, not drugs. You see that man over there with the bandana, agent? She nodded over my right shoulder. I turned slowly and eyed a white man with a brown beard and a bandana covering his head. He was sitting with a pair of sketchy-looking men, and all of them were wearing leather vests with some sort of patchwork on the left breast. Motorcycle club cuts, these vests were called, the term arising from the fact that they usually weren't actual vests, but rather jackets with the sleeves cut off. Some gangs wore denim cuts on top of leather jackets. These guys wore leather cuts over white or black tees, the same look I'd seen in Midland thirty minutes ago. Yes. That is, Gray Packstone, I interrupted, vice president of Samael's army and son of club president Garrod Packstone. I turned back to Marshall. Impressive, agent. She crossed her arms, eyeing me curiously, as if surprised that I was capable of being impressive. Find out why Gray is here, she continued. Who is he with? Who are they waiting on? Okay, is that it? For now, her arms stretched out to the sides. She was dismissing me the way a teacher dismisses a kindergartner, like she'd given me all I could handle. Instead of turning, I stared back at her, suppressing the smart-ass grin I wanted to throw at this ridiculous woman. I wanted to ask, you came all the way to Lexington and had me come all the way to the hospital just to order me to gather information on Gray Packstone? If she wanted to find out why he was here, why didn't she just go ask him herself, or throw her badge around and ask hospital personnel? Why did she need me for that? She was here, after all. While I was at it, I also wanted to say, you suck at your job, you're inefficient, and power goes to your head. But I didn't get the chance to say anything, because just then two women busted through the main entrance behind me, one dressed in a tight red satin dress, was holding the other woman up.
The second woman, in a denim miniskirt and a stained off-the-shoulder white shirt, could barely stand. Streaks of black mascara ran down her cheeks. The woman in the red dress appeared to be in shock, or, I noted her dilated eyes, more likely high. It all happened quickly. The woman in the miniskirt fell to the floor, convulsing. I rushed over, thinking I could help until someone from the hospital could take over. I fell to my knees beside her, held her arms to her sides, and called over my shoulder. We need help! The woman stopped seizing, but she had also stopped breathing. A stream of yellow liquid leaked out one side of her mouth, and her face was already turning blue. I yelled at the friend. What did she take? as I prepared to start CPR. The friend began backing away, shaking her head, then turned and fled. A couple of nurses, one male and one female,